0: Hi everybody, welcome to Amigos. I'm John, and I'm Aaron. And today, Aaron, we're going to be talking about Desert Strike. Mm, okay. Now, this is a helicopter game. Yes, you were aware of that already.
2: I have heard. Yeah,
0: yeah. Um, and it's set uh, ostensibly during a uh, you know a Middle Eastern conflict, a land where there's desert in the early '90s. I think it's it's pretty pretty. Uh, pretty clear that they were going after the Gulf War vibe from this thing, wouldn't you say? Well, it's funny you should mention that, because there's some trivia behind the actual choice of conflicts. Well, what I want to talk about right now is what your memories of the things you were doing
2: during the Gulf War time period. And it's funny that you should mention that. It's not funny that this happened, but uh, when uh, I was in college when the the deal went down, and I just... (laughs) You know who Jello Biafra is, perchance? Mm-mm. He's a lead singer of the Dead Kennedys, and he cut this spoken word album. And it was—I remember. Was, I think this was an album. It was a song called "Die for Oil Sucker." I remember being on it. And this was sort of a, something that was like a—you heard this a lot. This was getting bandied around at school a lot. That we were going over the fool around the desert because we wanted a bunch of oil, which is that seems to come up every time. And right. man, who knows? You know, I'm sure that's probably part of it. Uh, but I remember standing on fourth avenue uh uh right there at marshall and watching a dude go into the middle of the intersection of you know how busy it is there and he and he laid down and then and he dumped a can of motor oil on himself and that was his that was his protest now he didn't actually light it on fire no no he just dumped oil on himself (laughs) and i remember standing there and, and the thing is i was like this just happened there was no crowd like, I was just standing there like a crosswalk or something. I just watched this guy walking up the street, lay down, stop traffic, and then dump motor on himself. Like, a, I mean, just like a quart bottle of oil. And that was his protest. He just laid there. That's, I thought, oh, man, I don't know what this means, but it seems kind of stupid. So that, that when you think of it, it's not funny as war is. That was one of the dumber things I've seen. My, yeah. But, yeah, you know, uh, um... All this, any time, anytime you have this military action, it's never good. It's uh it's all, it's always a bummer. Uh, uh, and um, the the game we're talking about today uh, was under a bit of a cloud because of the scenario they choose. It's funny when I play it or when I think about it. I never really think much about it to be honest with you, because it's just a game. Right. I always wonder how uh, some games. Remember when we a uh, cannon fodder with the poppies and how they got in a. Hot water over mm-hmm. that. It's funny how some games will get in trouble with uh, veterans or with certain what people associated with certain types of war. Or whatever. And in some games, sort of like get a pass. I've never understood it. You know, like Call of Duty. Comes to mind where you can. I mean, you're reenacting. I remember. Well, the, he,
0: I think one of the differences is, is that now uh, more and more members of the military are actually video game players themselves, and they're very avid. A lot of times, and you know, at the time that Cannon fodder came out, the people that fought in World War One, you know, where the poppy originated, probably not a whole lot of those were were big gamers.
2: Well, I don't understand what you're saying, but I mean, I don't look at. It, I don't look at it from just the, the voice of gamers. It's just like what, it, it's always interesting or curious to me what. Can you, you can get away with in a video game, and what will people will protest about? Sure. yeah. Because we both know uh, that uh, in a lot of military, uh, militaristic style games are are much bigger, uh, uh, much more, let's say, controversial things happen in the game than a game like Cannon fodder, mm-hmm. for example. Yeah, that seems like an odd choice to protest when you can. When the, I mean, again, I'll, I'll go back to like your Call of Duties and stuff, where like. You can do some real uh, uncool stuff in there. And no one seems to give a crap about those too much and then if you go into, into a, down the down that same road, violence and games in general military military violence and the glorification of war, listen some of the best games glorify war you know so it's you could almost protest anything that did that. Yeah. <laughs> or, you know but yeah. so but some games got the heavy hand and some games didn't now desert strike came out I mean they did capitalize on what was going on. Uh, uh, but you know, I don't. It's not like it's a real, real serious game. I mean, when you watch a cutscene and stuff, it's pretty tongue and cheek. Mm-hmm. So you know. It's sort of a, I can sort of see why people were yeah mad and sort I, I of think not. that
0: it might have been more the contemporary nature of the the game you know it came out as the conflict was going on if you recall a couple of years ago they wanted to release a game called Seven Days in Fallujah which was about you know yeah. uh, today's conflict and it was actually contemporary to to now in a much more hyper realistic way and uh, it got the axe so, yeah
2: well I mean there's I guess there's got to be some line to draw yeah but. Uh, uh, I didn't let that bother me. Let's no. put that when I was playing the game. I, I, I didn't let that affect me. How about that?
0: Let's talk about what's been going on this week over on everythingamiga.com, Aaron.
2: We had a couple uh, articles go up uh, this week. Uh, right out of the gate here, uh, the Dreamcatcher has snuck one in. Now, this game, this particular article is on a movie... A game based on a movie that I don't think either one of us have ever heard of. No. But
0: According to him, it's a 1994 dystopian sci-fi action movie. Sounds like
2: something would be in your wheelhouse. It ice. does. It does. No escape. I've never heard of this. I have never, ever uh, heard of it, and I've certainly not seen it. Uh, and no one could, told, could have told me this there was a game based on it because I've never heard of it or seen it. And uh, this is Dreamcatch's usual treatment he goes through, and uh, the game actually looks pretty good, doesn't it, mm-hmm. by the way? It looks like. Scroll back up here. I think you said this is on the on the on the Super Nintendo and the Mega Drive, right? Uh, uh, and and Psygnosis was behind. it, So there you go. Uh, it looks good. It looks, you know, it looks sort of like it's almost got a little bit of a flashback look to it. Uh, but uh, um, it didn't obviously didn't review too well because that's what when Dreamcatcher steps in, almost certainly it's garbage. Yeah. So if you're if you're into this, if you're one of the rare people that enjoyed this film or have seen this film, there's a game for you right there. Uh, and I will also say, Drew Catcher did some a pretty interesting stuff over on uh, YouTube. I commented on a couple of his videos this week, so he's he's always up to trouble. And he'll he'll if you ask him a question, he'll jump right back in. Uh, we also had now this is uh, something interesting. Our buddy Graham is back. Uh, oh, yeah, we'll get to that last. Sure. Our buddy Graham is back, and he's got a challenge to the Amigos community. We have a community boat, and he's challenged uh, me, you, and everyone in the community to write up a list of your favorite Amiga games between 1985 and 1996. You get one game a year, right? And then uh, after you list your game, he would like you to list the genre, the publisher, and the Hall of Light link, if you know it, which that's easy to find out. Just go to Hall of Light, H-O-L. And then you can list twelve more games that you had to boot, like runners up. Now I looked over, I looked over what he had. I, I agreed with some of these. Right, for example, and just to, to explain how this works, he's got 1985, and his game that he picked that year was Archon, which is a you know I love that game. And then and he goes through each year and picks a game, that, his favorite game that year. And then we're gonna kind of compare them with everyone else's. There's already been, I know you've already done this. Yeah, yeah. And uh, a few other people have jumped in. It looks like Folds is in there,
1: mm-hmm, uh, Pix. Pixels. Yep. So
2: we've already got some people that have participated. It's fun uh, to uh, see what people think. You know, remember when we were? Do- I was doing that year-by-year series? I think we did like three years. Mm-hmm. It's funny, in some of those early years, I mean, the pickings are slim. Yeah,
0: yeah, especially 1985.
2: Well, Archon is an easy That's an easy choice because you know I love that game. Mm-hmm. But uh, I believe Marble Madness came out pretty early, too. Yeah. That's another really good game. One-on-one. There, on one. there were some good games back in, in, in the early days. Mm-hmm. So if you want to uh, participate, head on over to everythingamiga.com. Uh, the uh, Game List Challenge is right on the front page. Yeah. Now tell us about this last one, Bode. All right, so this
0: final one. You know, we've, we've opened up uh, EverythingAmiga.com to uh, members of our Discord community and allow them to, to go wild with Abandon and, and publishing articles on things that they, they might consider interesting and, and they've all been excellent so far. Yeah. And this one is very unique. This one comes to us from Harbonaut and it's all about, the title of this article is A Life on the Ocean Waves in Pushover. So Harbonot used to work at Ocean and uh, he designed the animations for Pushover and it's is it's, it's he tells the story uh, uh very uh very well and how, uh, you know, they, they brought this game to him and they're like, hey, we need to tie this in with Quaver somehow, How are you going to do it? He talks about his thought process and how, you know, he, uh, he he went through and designed the animations and how the more outlandish he made them, the more he loved them, the the more Ocean loved them. Um, and uh, it's, you know, this is, I, I wish that I would have read this before we talked about the game because we'd have had some extra stories, but this is kind of a neat addendum. Uh, if you're at all interested in what working at Ocean was like back in the 90s and um, and um you know more info about Pushover which was a, a fantastic yes. game definitely check this out
2: you know I was talking to you earlier this week I was like man because I commented last with that the in between animations were surprisingly not crap yeah. like they were good because they could have been I mean we'll go back to the other Quavers game not so good right you right. know and this one was like they k- killed it mm-hmm. and little did I know that the fellow responsible for those whack animations was right there in the discord I was yeah. stunned yeah. so that's great great job Harmonot. and I, as I mentioned to you I'm sure glad this wasn't one where we murdered the animations.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> Thank God the guy from Severed Heads right. or, or Top Banana is not in the Discord. That would probably not do good. Although I wish he
1: was. I I'd love to talk too. to the Top
2: Banana guy. You know, <laughs> I, if I'm not mistaken, because you know, we're studying up this week for the Acorn Archimedes. I believe Top Banana got an Archimedes ooh, release. So ooh.
0: just an FYI. <laughs> All right, Aaron. There's a new train in town. Oh, is there? And it's the Gamble train. It's a new train. We've refitted the Gamble train. You know, there's a new Batmobile. What? Yeah. Did you know there's a new Batman movie? No. Yeah. It's another new. It's called Get This. The Batman. Ooh. Because whenever whenever you relaunch something, you just put a "the" in front of it. Really? It becomes a whole new thing. Okay. So who's playing Batman? um, Boy, you asked me too quick. It's some famous dude. I don't know. It's not any of the previous Batman. It's like Dana Carvey or something. Dana Carvey. Well, that'd be an interesting twist on the series. Um, I'm sure the chat will answer who the who the new Batman is. But anyway, is this garbage or not? What keeping, do you think? And have you seen any? It was very early on. They've only they've only All released right. like couple images. But there is a new Batmobile. It looks very similar. To the Keaton Batmobile, unless like the ultra realistic tank that was the Christian Bale Batman Batmobile. Yes. So, but anyway, the Gamble train has been refitted with turrets and. Uh, no, and, and, and a, it's a, like the
2: Enterprise season is. two. They yeah. do, well, they screwed that up.
0: <laughs> so let's talk about what's been going on in this week in Amiga News. Aaron, we have some new videos to talk about. All right, this first one is. Pimpin' the Amiga in 2020. Yeah, I've been watching this series on and off whenever they get, it gets updated. This is the, the only Amiga graphics card you'll ever need. This comes to us from Modern Vintage Gamer. Uh-huh. And uh, this is a the uh, MNT-ZZ9000. This thing does everything.
2: It's like the Swiss Army knife of, yeah. of cards. I saw, I saw, I watched this video. It's got, it's like SD, this, that. It reads everything. You know, it's, a, it's an awesome graphics card. I believe it doesn't have an FPGA or something on it. It's got a bunch of crazy stuff on it. Did you, you actually watch this video? I, well,
0: you know, these videos go directly over my head. Yeah. Because I'm still not even sure why you need a graphics card. Well,
2: it's funny because I was getting ready to say, the only graphics card you ever need is no graphics card. <laughs> uh, you got an AGA in this bad boy. Mm-hmm. We need a graphics card. Uh, you know, there are these RTG cards and whatnot to give the Amiga mega powers. Uh, or, but these Amigas, see, this is the gamble trade has brought you news that goes way beyond the scope of this show that's very true we dwell in poor man Amiga (laughs) town where we're not getting any of this crazy crazy stuff but this thing is I watch the thing it's a hot rod I think it's mega expensive, too. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, it, it's very impressive. It is an Amiga peripheral, so that sort of comes with it. <laughs> it's with the Yeah, territory. and it's for the big box Amigas. And it does something like, it does 8,000 things. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, you're going to pay double top dollar. Now, we did hear from Picks that
0: uh, Robert Pat- Pattinson is the new Batman. Are you familiar with Robbie? Robert Pat- Pattinson? Yeah. Is that his name? You
2: don't, you so don't know So, his middle name's Pat, and his last name's Patterson. No,
0: Robert Pattinson.
2: Oh, pa- oh that's... Sorry, I misheard you. You must have stuttered there. I thought you said have... Robert Pat Patterson. I was like, I know who Pat Patterson is. But no, I've never heard of him. Okay. Tenmark Aaron, our buddy Doug, is yeah. back
0: with a review of the mini Zorro game.
2: Yep, I watched this as well, and then actually I talked to Doug about this. We exchanged a few messages over it. Uh Uh... Did you have you watched this yet? I have not watched this. Mini Zoro, it looks a lot like the Mini Bruce Lee, for example. Oh, it's a, oh my gosh. Well, it's like a nightmare. No, it's actually, it, it it is a little slow. Now, this will run on a, as I recall, and I don't think Doug's with us, but. This will run on a standard Amiga, but it, he says like it's not made to run on one. I think it requires like an 20 to beat. But it actually, this actually, you're you're killing it without knowing. it. This actually looks halfway decent. I watched it. The guy that did this is a the guy that did the uh, that did this game. He's a top shelf, and I mean tippity top shelf deluxe paint guy. Hmm. He is great. And they showed some of his art from the contest. This is him, huh? I don't know. Oh, okay. I but uh, uh he's a real he's a heck of an artist. And so, well, the and thing this, is,
0: you're right. The game doesn't look bad. It doesn't look bad at all. Yeah, that's fine. But when you watch this thing chug, and then you see that it takes an 020 to run. Well,
2: also you got to consider this is a pre-release copy. Okay. This isn't a okay. full. This isn't. And Doug mentions that. I'll too. definitely
0: give it the benefit of the doubt and I'll try it out.
2: I like you know you, you know I've watched Brent play this game called Splunky and there, mm. there's no connection by the way, but it's I guess the only thing it's got the tiny graphics yeah, the and it's like pixel art and so the tiny the tiny stuff is in you know. Ah, uh, this looks. I mean, it's it looks interesting. You know, I'm a big Zorro fan from when I was a kid. I love the Zorro. This guy was abused in the films, by the way. Really? Oh man. Well, and, what about Antonio Banderas? And the less said, the less said about the game Blade, great. the better. I love Antonio Banderas, but I'm talking about the the previous creations. I like Zorro on TV. Who was who was Zorro before Antonio? Which, I don't Banderas. know who played the guy, but he, hopefully he's been taken out and killed. Mm. Uh, but uh, uh, you you have to go and get your stuff. You become Zorro. Then you and and you've got to give it is up for jump, so you're gonna have to get used to that boat. I asked about uh, two button support, and it, right now it's only a PAL game. So I asked about NTSC support. There, he told Doug said he asked the guy about these things, and he said there is no. Uh there's no plans to make an n t s c release of this well, I mean I, to be
0: honest with you I, why would you, you
2: well, know? I mean all you lose is the the bottom section of the uh where it's like the, you're right yeah right. so this is a work in progress, but it looks pretty good i'm 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 going to uh see i mean, I think it could be fun, you know, I like these jumper on games, The background stuff look cool, it could be fun, you yeah. know, so what well, i'm well, I'm waiting to see if, now, I mean, some people are interested. I've heard a couple of people just flat-out pan it, but no one's played it hardly, mm-hmm. so it's a yeah. little bit early to just go kill it. I did
0: like the fact that he just cut down a vase from the wall and it hit the ground and turned into a horse, and then that's, he got up on it and rode it. That's how you do it. Yeah. yeah. yeah.
2: Although, uh, Doug said the horse makes just this one appearance, oh, so that's, that's too bad.
0: Uh, now, speaking of... Uh, up to jump on the Amiga, Aaron. Yeah, your favorite. There's a uh, there's a new game in town. For those of us that think up to jump is sort of like watching black and white TV, uh-huh. it's fine until you watch color. Um, <laughs> the Firefly joystick remapper is something that has just come out this past week, Aaron. I think it's 10 bucks. It's 10 bucks. Okay. And it gives you a one switch that lets you immediately go to map a second button for up to jump.
2: Okay. Well, or I,
0: up in, in, in any ten in any, bucks yeah. is a good
2: deal. And so now, it,
0: it, how does that work? How does it know which? So on the nine-pin pin out on yeah. the Atari, one of those is button two. Okay. So it remaps the up button direction to that button two pin out. So will it work with, say, a, a Genesis controller? It'll work. It should work with anything with multiple buttons. I see. I think that he just he, this this board remaps. Man, don't don't try and zoom do that. in, eh? Yeah. Uh, it remaps the up to the button two. Pen,
2: it looks like know. the Firefly Show uh, logo on there, which I wonder if they paid for those rights. No, no, I think, that's, so. I think that's a fine choice. Listen, good idea. 10 bucks. good price. Yeah. Where's yeah. this? Do we know where this is shipping from, boat? Oh, you know, it this looks, is CommodoreForever.net. It doesn't immediately. It's Southeastern Commodore. but are they the ones selling it? I mean, that, uh, yeah, that could and, be in America. The, the Southeastern. Holy smokes, South Carolina. Yeah.
0: So this is shipping from the US of A. Of course, Holy. this is a C64 product, not an Amiga product. No, so no, it's all the same. Yeah.
2: Yeah, but it will work on the Amiga, right? Yeah, yeah, I'm
0: sure it'll. I'm sure it'll work. On Are you going to
2: get you one of these, Bo? Well, this could be is, your
0: dream come true. Bo. I've already got the Delio. The, the Super yeah, Nintendo yeah, the thing. Super Nintendo you love thing. that thing, don't I love you? It. You need I to. Love you
2: need it. to put a review down. No one ever reviewed that you're, thing. You tell me that all the
0: time, and you're you're right every time. Uh-huh. I, I never. You're right every time because you've used it way more than I have. Yeah, yeah, it's great. All right, Aaron, our final story of the week. All right, the Amiga Six Hundred is awesome in 2020. Uh, this comes to us from one of my buddies on Twitter, Todd's Nerd Cave. Oh yeah, I've heard of that. Okay, and it's basically him just going through and talking about how great the Amiga Six Hundred is, even in this day and age. Uh-huh. He goes through the uh, all oh. the different adapters that you can get, the, the yeah. PCMCIA slot great. in there. Those are horrible. Yeah, um, you know, and uh, it, it, I did watch a little bit of this, and it, it's it's very entertaining. Um, this is that guy from 10 Mark's video. I was going to say,
1: that's
2: the exact same At guy. At first,
0: I was like, maybe it's just a guy that looks like him. But nope, maybe him. he did the Listen, Zoro game. Maybe no, Todd. Maybe that
2: maybe that was another subject that, that he broached later on the video. Mm, maybe so. Yeah.
0: Maybe so. But anyway, the Amiga 600, I can vouch for it. It still is awesome in
2: Are you, 2020. Now, yours is still working okay? The uh,
0: Amiga 600 is still
2: broken in 2020. What's wrong with my, yours?
0: Uh, I can't get then it to it, work. Didn't we get this thing fixed already? It was working, and then it stopped. So
2: tomorrow night is Computer Club. Now wait a minute. When you say it's not working, how not working? Does uh, it come on? What? Well, it's
0: the GoTech. There's something wrong with the, the USB. Do you not know what you're doing with it, maybe?
2: Maybe. Okay, good. Let's hope that's what it is.
0: <laughs> yeah. I'm sure it's user error. I'm sure that the system itself is fine.
2: We should ask this guy. He knows. We
0: should. We should. He looks like he'd be... He, he,
2: <laughs> he should be at a Computer Club <laughs> he tomorrow. He walk down the stairs tomorrow and be yeah. walking with open arms. This is a friend of yours? Do you want to... You want
0: to bill him? I'll have to. Todd's Nerd Cave. All right. I'll send him go. a message and I invite him to the Peter Club tomorrow. To, to Boats Nerd Cave. Yeah. All right, Aaron. Let's talk about Jungle Strike. No, let's not.
2: We're not talking about Jungle Strike. It's Desert Strike.
0: Desert, jungle. It's all the same. <laughs> no, it's
2: not. Deserts have no jungle. That's the whole point of a desert.
0: Oh, you made it. There's be right no
2: vegetation there. Yeah. there. Let's talk about Desert Strike. Return to the Gulf. The Gulf Boats. So, we'd both played this one before, right? We did, yeah. In fact, I just played this about a month and a half ago. I'm glad I did, by the way. That's a good primer, because I was a much better this time around than I was the last time.
0: It is uh, It is sort of ironic that you had played this just out of nowhere. One of
2: the rare live streams by me. Yeah. yeah I never played yeah. this one. So, uh, this bad boy uh, released in 93. This was published and developed by EA. EA isn't known for having a... Big presence on the the Amiga in terms of in terms of development, one on one. Development. Bill they they Budge. They didn't have much, but Madden's another one they had. All the
0: early Amiga games, like they were one
2: of the first big. They, but they didn't develop a lot of those. They, I'm talking as a developer. They published a lot more. I mean,
0: I, don't, I don't know. It's hard to know what is developed in, by year well, and by. Well, you can tell. I mean, year. you could
2: if you look around, you can sort of tell most of the time. Because
0: like all the early, like you know, the games with the RPM, the record sleeves and stuff. Yeah. I think these were all developed in house. at the No, they, they, it's not. No, no
2: no, okay. no, 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 no. So, <laughs> this game actually has an interesting story behind it, which we'll get to in a moment. But let's, go ahead and talk, let's go ahead and knock out the particulars. Like I said, this came out in 93. Three discs. Uh, this is a one-player game. Now, the guy behind this game, the driving force was game, a guy named Mike Posen. Okay? Uh, who really hit, This was sort of his first effort in general, in terms of games, right? Um, the uh, the guys that worked on this uh, were the artists on this thing, and the, or the coder was a guy named Dave Calcoa. He had done another game called Myth, History in the Making. Another guy that worked on it, Gary Roberts, had done. Uh, he worked on Madden and a game called Tanks, with an X. Mm. Uh, and you had uh, a lot of the EA staff that came in and worked on this stuff, you know, that worked on a bunch of games. Uh, this is, of course, ECS, OCS, which keep that in mind, folks, because we can complain about it later. Uh, and this got converted to a ton of stuff. Uh and some of these I didn't even know. I was surprised to read a few of these but the Lynx. I didn't know the Lynx got a copy of this. That'd be interesting. It would be interesting to see. Uh the Game Boy got a copy of I'm this. I'm not
0: surprised by that. The
2: GBA, uh the Super Nintendo uh DOS, which I have played the DOS version. The Game Gear got a copy of this. I guess you're good to it for I guess you're gonna do it for the Lynx. So yeah. gonna... I mean, this
0: was really ninety-two was probably like um you know the peak number of viable systems. Yeah, I mean, because you still had the 16 bits; were are still going strong. The 8 bit stuff
2: in handheld form plus yeah. the computers, and you also had the um, the Sega Master System had this. Yeah, yeah. Have you in played fact,
0: that? No, but I watched a video of it, and it's quite good. Really? I was surprised at the level of detail that thing had.
2: And of course, this originated on the Genesis, right? Uh, slash Mega Drive. Uh, for those of you that 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 uh, live in Europe, so what's the scoop on this on this crazy game? So, again, this was, the team was headed up by this guy, Mike Posen, right? So, this guy had, had a company that EA bought, and he came in, and they're like, listen, what are we, you know, what am I doing here? And so, Trip Hawkins himself said, listen, go make you a game for the Genesis. He's like, you know, Choplifter was a cool game. Do something like that where you rescue rescue hostages. Mm-hmm. Bam. That was that's all. That was it. All I gave him. Mm-hmm. So, this guy's like, all right, we're gonna do it. And so, he went to make this game. Um, he actually brought in a guy. Uh, this, some of these crazy stories. He brought in his buddy to help him model the vehicles in this game, and his buddy was a full-time dentist. Really? <laughs> but he had some three D modeling work, so they brought him in. Well, he did an amazing job, and it worked on the it worked on the uh uh the three D modeling. And then what he didn't like the way it looked after he shrunk it down, so he, he went in there and just hand drew it. But the people at EA were like, no, no, these models are fine. We're gonna use these, and so and that's where the the vehicles came from the actual graphical engine on this thing, which is an amazing engine. Uh, which is a uh, uh, how would you call it? An ISO view with a with, that's a, a open world, I guess yeah. is the best way to put it. Uh, and he developed this thing, he developed the engine for this. Uh, it's called the Snafu engine, that's what he called it. And he uh, he uh, wanted to make sure you could get as the the engine would make it so your chopper stayed fairly centralized. You could see as much of the screen as, po- as you possibly could. That was his big thing, and they uh, and they designed the chopper, pissing stuff around this engine, and they designed it. He said he designed it t- to the way people thought a chopper would handle, not the way an actual chopper handles. Good move on his part. Now I don't know how an actual chopper handles, but. It feels well, good.
0: I can tell you this, it definitely doesn't handle with you uh, like 50 feet outside and slightly too above it. Something else it yeah. doesn't do is when you ram it into a
2: mountain, it doesn't stay aloft. <laughs> it doesn't we just can... bounce off. If only it would. We could all be pilots. So we were talking about this earlier uh, the, uh, about the, uh, the the Desert Strike, the Gulf War thing. This game actually came into concept before we even invaded Iraq. Really? Yeah. Wow. And it was good. They were going to base, get this. They were going to base this thing on the Lebanese Civil War. And it was going to be called Bar- Barut, or Beirut Breakout. Sounds like a disco hit. By the way, Beirut Breakout, no good. <laughs> That's a bad name. <laughs> and so he, uh, I, uh, John Manley, one of the guys that worked with us, and also Pol- Posen, said this too in an interview. They were watching TV when this crap went down. They were like, crap, we, we, it's actually happening. Right, oh, God. Right, right. And then they. So they were—they changed it basically, uh, and so that's so that's how this whole game came to be. Yeah, you know, the whole theme of it—they rethemed it uh, with the, with the whole desert thing in there. So, a lot of people may or may not. This it's funny. I was watching our Discord and people were sort of debating which versions of this they like the best. And I'm not yeah. gonna get too much into it, but. The manual states this, and also in an interview I read stated that the uh, when they converted this to, they were upset that when they did the Genesis, there was only they had like a they didn't have enough memory to work with. Mm-hmm. So when they went to the Amiga, they had all these extra resources. They redid all the colors. They they used a bunch of tricks to make stuff look better. They redrew and repainted all the cutscenes. So the Amiga version is sort of the enhanced version. now. It's,
0: yeah, which, I mean, if only that would have happened on every Genesis to Amiga port, we'd be living in a different world where yeah. instead of just making a quick and dirty port, they actually use the resources yeah. of the machine to
2: well, make it better. Well, some people say that the Amiga... version, And I, again, I haven't played the Genesis versions for a long time, so I don't know if you have, but some people say that the Amiga version is... Too much slower mm-hmm. than the Genesis version. Again, I don't have any. Yeah, well, I'm, there is. I, I
0: played the Super Nintendo version, yeah. and there is a difference in speed, but it's not night and day. And I don't have a
2: problem with the speed of this. I think this thing yeah. runs fine. They also went in and added additional sound effects, uh, and they actually took like some of the sounds directly out of like videos of showing these weapons and oh, stuff. Okay. So that they actually, so cool. They actually touched this stuff up quite a bit, which I thought was interesting. Um, so. Let's talk about the game here, now that we've kind of went into the background a little bit. So, what is Desert Strike Return of the Gulf? You are, the plot of this game, let's go with the plot, because you sort of have to know that. So, this game opens with an elaborate series of cutscenes, mm-hmm. right, which you know I love. This is very, this part's almost like a cinemaware in Yeah, some way. it's like
0: cinemaware, but an actual game.
2: So, the, the, yeah, the game opens up with this guy uh, named uh, Kilbaba. Alright. Now Kilbaba Bob. by the way, believe it or not, they changed his name in, Super you know they they in oh, okay, okay. the Super Nintendo version. you know that? Because they can't have Kill in there. Okay. In the Super Nintendo version he's Okay. Okay. So Kilbaba has seized control of an unnamed fictional I don't know how they can say fictional if it's unnamed, a Gulf state. He he made they him should have gave it a name. Yeah. He made him he he's the dictator and he starts fortifying positions with military weapons. Right? And so your job is to go over and stop Kilbaba's forces uh, and you're the only guy we send, by the way, and and, and that's all you need, right? Because we're America, and your job is to go over and through a series of missions to take to disable all of his defenses, blow up all of his artillery, and just generally take him out. Um, when, there's a great cut scene. I just love it so much. Where Kilbaba, he's only got one follower, and it's his c- follower looks like a, a young Michael Jackson and like a a, a like a Cuban like. Uh, outfit and Kill Baba's outfit. He's got this like uh, red He looks like a professional wrestler. He's got I this mean... <laughs> He's got a red beret it's... on. It has like seven stars <laughs> yeah. and he's, he just looks like it's it looks like a wrestling bad guy yeah. from the Middle East. Yeah, exactly. Even the name says mm-hmm. like but he's like he's ranting and raving to this one guy, and the very first thing the guy says, he's like, Why haven't you done this? And the guy's like, I I love my wife and kids, sir. I don't want to see them killed. And kill Bobby he goes, "Why?" and he just smacks the tar out of him. You know, it well, so, you know, as best they can with like mm-hmm. four frames. He's like, Do as I say, you're next. The guy's like, Okay. And all the cutscenes are just it. They're so stupid. That's one thing. It's hard to take it too seriously right. because, listen, I know this guy's based on Saddam Hussein, but I can guarantee the that Saddam's a more competent, calmer man than this guy. <laughs> this guy's out of his mind. And so, once it changes from that cutscene, you go to the scene where you're on the carrier, and you're they're like, okay, here's your mission. It's got that fat general up mm-hmm. there with a stick, and yep. you're guys sitting in the seat drinking coffee. Mm-hmm. And right he, out of Wing Commander. Yeah. <laughs> he goes to the map. You're going to be doing this and that mm-hmm. and whatnot. And then you basically on the main screen where you can pick a co-pilot and you can and you can get everything set up and you you take off and that's where the game begins what were your thoughts when you booted this up what did you think about the presentation the music oh
0: everything everything in the in the pre-game was top-notch it, I mean the music's awesome too and, and to be honest with you I never I played this game plenty of times before yeah. but I always skipped right by I all know, the I know it I was hoping you'd watched it yeah and uh and this time I was like well, I've got to I've got to be able to talk about this I going to watch it and I'm so glad I did yeah. Um. I mean, it's not. It's not
2: animated. You know. It's, no. <laughs> it's It's it's
0: like a series of still shots, but the characters are just so colorful. You know, the it's slap so over is the top. almost.
2: <laughs> and it's like a frame or two. Of him <laughs> yeah. Slapping this guy. Yeah.
0: Um. I was. I, I was very happy going into this thing. Yeah. Yeah. And you want
2: you. You want to destroy this? Story. This guy's the bumbling idiot dictator mm-hmm. of the middle east. Right. So. And then oh, of course you then you go in and you could pick your co-pilot. Now I didn't get too involved. In fact, I didn't really care. I know some are better than others. Yeah,
0: that was one aspect of the game where I didn't really...
2: Yeah, I I didn't mess with it too much. I'd done it before where you go through it. It's got their bios you can look through. So then there's a scene... uh, Once you go to train, there's a scene of you guys getting on the chopper, which is pretty cool, and the music's playing. The music for this is straight out of like... uh, It's like they they watched uh, 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 one of the old uh, 80s uh, air movies, you know, and and they were like, yeah, we're going to use that kind of music because it's like... Bum, 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 bum. You know, it's mm. got this real kind of epic right. electric feel. It's really good, and mm. it fits. It fits this cheesy thing perfectly. Right. Right. You know, and that anytime you hear music in this, it's not normal Amiga style music. In fact, it reminded me a lot of the music in Madden. I'd wager that I bet my bottom dollar that that guy did the music in Madden too. He did, mm. and Road Rash. He did that too. Mm. So, but you know, Madden had this kind of it had a different sort of music in it. This has that same kind of. And there's several different tunes. There's not a tune that plays while you're on the mission but they're, they're in the mu- mi- menus and stuff you, you see the music so once you've got your chopper set up you're ready to go you start the first mission you start off when your aircraft carrier you come up and you take off and you you can go wherever you want uh in this mission now um to figure out what you're doing you hit f ten and you get the screen that has all the info right. It's got your status. It's got the amount of weapons you got left. It's got your fuel. It's got your armor. It's got a map. Maps on there. The map, is you can flip through all the different objectives because it'll be like six or seven it missions. It reminded
0: me of SimCity where you look at the different layovers. Oh, is it? Know? Yeah, it's uh, very similar to that.
2: Now, this map uh, is great. Yeah. It's funny. When I played this a couple months ago, I had no idea how you get to this map. And so I, I went out. It was a slam-bam operation. This time, I was prepared. Because one thing this game does is it, it sets you up like in the first mission, I like think there's like six objectives. The first objective, blow up the satellite dish mm-hmm. and take out their radar. The second objective, take out their power station. Their power station. Then you gotta take out their air their airports. All mm-hmm. right. And so you're doing these and you can do them in any order you want, but it recommends you do them in the order they're presented. Yeah, and it gives you rationale
0: too. It's like you want to destroy their radar because it decreases the artillery range. Right, right,
2: like right. And so you're, and it sends you out, and you're going to be flipping this map a lot, because when you're in this chopper, it's kind of hard to tell where you're at, at least I had trouble. I use the map all the time. yeah though. yeah, I mean, well,
0: you got to remember you're flying around the desert. there's not a whole lot of landmarks, yeah you know?
2: and also I mean they do, do it. There, I will say there's a road that winds through this desert, mm-hmm. and you can use that I use the road to do most of my tracking wherever I could. Now, once you start on your missions. Like and these missions sort of have a and I, I got I don't know how far you got in this game I got almost to the end of the second level before oh, you I you got it. much farther than I yeah. did Uh so when you're going through this it there's a, there's a there's a way you do these uh, it, they progress a certain way and mm-hmm. here's the way I saw it maybe you, and you'll see it otherwise you've got three different weapons you got your cannon your bullets mm-hmm. right? you've got your hydra missiles. Alright, then you've got your Hellfire missiles. I think it's the other oh yeah, you're right. You're right. The right. yeah. Hellfire missiles, you're they ain't kidding. So what I would do is I would use my guns for ground targets, vehicles, uh small stuff. Because the guns if you try to shoot other stuff with the gun it takes forever. Then I would use my hydra missiles for uh like uh, gun like missiles launchers, tanks, uh stuff like that, you know, or, uh, jets bigger stuff. And then I would use my hellfire missiles for buildings or if I need to take something out real quick. That's well, when you drop the hellfire. yeah, on. I mean
0: to me you can you can take stuff the way I approach this game is is uh, the level of threat dictated what kind of weapon I'd use.
2: Also, oh, you didn't use like I only use hellfires on buildings. You did it when well, you used hellfires whenever you thought you were really threatened. Right, yeah. right.
0: Because uh, I didn't. I mean, you can see where all your ammo dumps are all over the screen, but the thing is, when you fly out to to pick up more ammo, you're meeting more threats. Yeah. So at some point, you know, in, with with buildings, if you're if you've already destroyed all the threats, you can take out a building
2: with cannons. It'll take you a while, but yeah. you can do it. So I, that's the way I approach. Well, the way, like I said, I I, I use them for specific situations, and for me, it was situational. Now, I'm not going to lie and say occasionally, if I if, if things went south, I'd use the hellfire, but I found the hellfire missiles. To be overkill on on, oh, yeah. on stuff that wasn't buildings. The, well, they'll, they'll take out stuff in one or two shots most yeah. of the time. So your chopper flies around this desert, and like I said, you go you get your map up, you go toward your objectives. Now, I used the the uh, uh, space bar. I think everyone did to go between the weapons. No, these, I didn't do that. How
0: did you do it? I'm pretty sure that I used numeric keys on uh, like the one, two, oh. and three to switch between. Them. I, used, I used I think the, that I
2: did that. I used the space bar to go through them. So. You, and you're just three weapons, so it's not that tough. Oh well, yeah, three weapons. So you're out in the desert. What are you doing out there? Well, you're going after your objectives. You're also looking for P, like uh, for people that are stranded out there that need help. And occasionally you hear someone audibly going help help. Mm-hmm. And you if you and sometimes it's hard to see them. But you'll you you'll hear around, a, you'll hear other things too. Right. Like, like whenever you're low on fuel. Oh yeah, the computer talks. Yeah. yeah, the
0: computer talks to you constantly in yeah. this
2: game. And so. Uh, when you when you see a guy on the ground, you kind of hover over, and a ladder comes out, right, picks him up. And
0: this is what uh, this is one of the things that's genius about yes, this game. Yes, absolutely. You don't have to press H to lower your ladder. You don't. It's all contextual. Whenever the game sees that the, you're near something, it will lower the appropriate deal.
2: Yeah, because if you're near a uh, an item, you can use it. Lowers like a hook, right? And it picks him up, right? This is great, mm-hmm. and it gives the game a lot more depth, which I'll explain in a moment because. Aside from just going through and blowing crap up, there are also missions where you have to rescue hostages, uh, rescue prisoners after you've broken them out of jail. Uh, one of my favorite missions are where you go blow up some crap, and then you'll see this dude run out, and you have a guy at the bottom of the ladder that grabs him and pulls him up. Mm-hmm. He's a he's an enemy. You're going to grill them for information.
0: Mm-hmm. And the, the way that they do this, too, is, is great, where they don't have, like, Health pickups, like there's not like a first aid kit, which is like, you know, how are you going to, how is that going to help your helicopter? Yeah. Instead, whenever you rescue uh, POWs and you bring them back to the loading area, that heals your helicopter. Of course, that doesn't make any sense either, but it's a good reason to do that stuff. And it's more than just shooting fuel to fuel up, you know, you've got to pick stuff
2: up. I really like that aspect. And you can hold, I, I don't think there's a limit to the amount of people you can hold because I've called a ton of people. <sighs>
1: Boy, if, if there's question. a limit, I've never yeah. seen
2: it. Uh, so, Aside from picking up hostages, aside from this, so you're, when you're driving out in the desert, it's not like you just drive driving around scot free. There's crap after you. All right, it ranges from a dude with a gun on the ground, like your lowest end guy, all the way up to, at least to where I got with, with, with tanks and anti-aircraft missiles and uh, uh mobile gun turrets, mm-hmm. you know, coming after you. So it it gets it gets pretty nasty. One of my
0: least favorite things is when you destroy a building, and then out of the rubble there will arise a guy with a rocket launcher. Yeah, he'll fire at your uh, fire at your helicopter.
2: Those guys are actually amongst the most dangerous things yeah. in the game, and uh, there's nothing worse than cruising through this game and getting shot down by one of these little suckers mm-hmm. that have one of these freaking uh, uh, you know missile launchers on their shoulder. Uh, it's it's annoying. Now. The game has flourishes that I love. Right, I want to get get these in before I forget. Uh, you'll occasionally come across a tower with a guy in it. You shoot the tower, and the guy will he'll do the old railing, kill, fall. Ah, <laughs> fall to his death. You'll come across official buildings that have like enemy flags. You can blow up the building, and just for fun, you can shoot the flag, and the flag blows up too. Stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, you've got uh, guys at guard posts opening and closing the little guard post thing. Mm-hmm. You can blow that crap up. You can literally blow up just about anything in this game. It is. This is like, and you're gonna. I know you hate this game, but the, I got the same sort of feeling in this that I got when I played Walker. Just it's wholesale violence on, on a grand scale. See a guy out there with a gun, he's shooting in the desert. You can shoot him with a cannon, or you can turn on a hellfire missile and just scorch this sucker, mm-hmm. like leave it melted on the ground, mm-hmm. just for fun. If mm-hmm. you just feel like doing it, uh, you can do all kinds of fun stuff. You can blow up every building. You can just do everything, and it makes it great. Now, how did you approach when you, because of the map, you can sort of you know sort of when you're gonna, the things are going to get hot. Plus, you get an audible warning. Right. How did you approach your these various uh, enemy uh, camps and whatnot? What was your strategy? Well, I tried to play very methodically. Uh You you sort of have to.
0: Yeah. um, So if you you try and uh, arrange yourself so you can, um, you know, you want to put the the enemy as far out of their range as you can while still being able to hit them. Uh, The the trouble is. Is that your your range is never explicitly spelled out, so you always kind of have to guess. Am I aiming in
2: the right general direction? Plus, the overall the isometric view makes it kind of difficult to target. Yeah. Game. Now, yeah. I
0: will say that this is, I mean, the fact that this guy developed this engine himself. I mean, this is one of the best engines for a game like this. I think that has ever existed. It's out. Yeah, because I agree. it doesn't lock the it doesn't lock your helicopter in one place. You know, <laughs> you're moving around the screen, but when you move, it does. I. I uh, when you said that he developed it so you could see as much of the screen as possible, it really does a great job. However, I really would have appreciated a uh, reticle on this, yeah. you know, whereas as you're rolling up, you can see, okay, well, this is how close I need to be, and this is, I'm going to make sure, because the Hellfire missiles, you only have like eight of them to start with. I mean, they'll be gone before you know. Yeah,
2: and you have, I, held, I I never used those unless it was a building or if I was in dire trouble. Mm-hmm. Now, this game isn't perfect. There are things that could be could have been done better, uh, and, and, of course, the game, it was a first, and so you're not going to have everything perfect the way you want it. But it is, it, can, it does get annoying to have to repeatedly flash back to your map.
0: Yeah. This could have been I'll, solved I'll, in a couple of ways. What do you got? Go ahead. Well, I'll tell you my, my main problems with yeah. this game is, one, I hate the fact that when you blow up a building, if you fire one extra time, you'll explode the pickup that's in it.
2: Yes. Well, I think that's fair, though. I don't mind that too much.
0: I don't think that's fair because if you destroy the building, there's no way that fuel that's in there, you're just going to be able to hook right, it up Right, but with it's, your it's, it's
2: an extra game element. I mean, I, yes, it is frustrating, okay. I'll grant you that.
0: I didn't like the fact that the computer is constantly talking to you all the time. Low fuel, low fuel, you know, your damage, your damage. That that was lame. Get that was that. that
2: was very much like the Jaguar game. <laughs> Where did oh, you yeah, to the fly? tank yeah. game, yeah. yeah.
0: Um, the third thing is... This game really needs some overlays, and you were going that way with the map.
2: Yeah, and, and they've purposely, I think, kept the screen fairly empty. There's right. it, a notification if your armor's low or mission accomplished mm-hmm. or you've cr- done something that they like. But generally, they leave the screen pretty much free of stuff, yeah. which is good, but... Uh, what I, at bare minimum, what I would like to have seen is a way to set waypoints. Mm-hmm. That would have, that way you don't have to have the map on the screen, but you still know where you're going.
0: Here's what I would have liked to have seen. I would have liked to have seen an ammo gauge. Give me three three little things, you know, and tell me how many shots I have left of each. Give me my fuel and give me my damage. Yeah, you know that would take up a row of like 15 pixels on the bottom of the screen. I'm okay with not having a layover map. You know, of course, in a perfect world, you'd want to have that um, being able to set waypoints that would have been genius. That would have been a would have been a way um, to
2: have your cake and eat it too. Right. Right. Because I mean, although really, ideally, in an ideal world, and this wasn't something you saw it much back in the day, one of those see through maps would have been dandy. Mm-hmm. It would have been dandy yep. to put right there. Right. But I got so used to hitting F ten mm-hmm. that I and switching weapons that I just sort of did it without thinking. Yeah. You yeah know. and
0: and the thing is, I don't mind the uh you know when we get to the the discord reviews, a lot of people bring up the fact that when you play this on a console, each weapon is mapped to a button, yeah, uh, I didn't mind not having that one because I always forgot which button was which when I played this on console, and I constantly be wasting my hellfires, yeah, and two. I kind of felt like it added to the realism a little bit. Like when you're in a cockpit, you know, and you want to switch to a different weapon, you punch that. That, that I number, can't
2: believe you, know? you said that because I was in the I was in the car, but I was thinking about very thing. Mm-hmm. This in a, in a in a in a chopper, I don't necessarily want all the weapons mapped to my <laughs> to my stick because yeah. it, you know, like. You said, and I will say you're right. How many times were you flipping? Uh, you were using the number keys. I was using the spacebar, but I, I flipped to the wrong weapon a bunch of times. But at, you've got this game. Generally, isn't. I would usually switch weapons before I went into heavy combat, mm-hmm. and so because I knew something was coming, and then I would be prepared. I didn't do it like generally. I didn't do it during combat, right? Right. And so this game is a action game with points of downtime where you can. I'm not. I know people are like, oh, they're making excuses because of the one button. I, this. I, I. You know that I am not going to make excuses. Oh, I know for you're one not, button. but I'm saying. I know people that are that like the console version, and there's nothing wrong with the console version. No. Don't get me wrong, and there's nothing wrong with having multiple buttons. Hey, I would like to have had a button just for the map. Mm-hmm. That would have been fine with that me. That would have been great. You know, or at a button just to cycle through the uh, the weapons. Yeah, and I would. rather have a cycle button than I would have the weapons map. Yeah, and if you play, you.
0: if you play the WSG load version, uh, the, the 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 second button does cycle through your weapons. Oh yeah. Oh uh-huh. wow. Just cool. like you said. Um, the uh, if you play on, like I played on the SNES, the start button brings up the map, and that was way more useful than anything else. Yeah. Because yeah. it was lame having to get to the map all
2: the time. But these are, I think these are <coughs> issues that, of a game of this era, on the Amiga, it's not a big deal. Yeah. And for me, this, that was nowhere near a deal breaker. So let's just cut to the chase. Uh, I had this game back in the day, And I never really played it that much. I'll be honest with you, because I didn't like it. I I was used to stuff like Silkworms and we just go in there and just go crazy like Mm -hmm. a shooter. And this ain't a shooter, man. This is something else. And when I played this a couple months ago for the first time in a long time, I really started to dig it. And when I played it this week, I think this is one of my favorite games. It's very good. (laughs) It's It's very good. It's got it's got great graphics. I mean, listen, OCS. Mm -hmm. I mean, we we're gonna get into it. Hey. This engine, it works great. Yeah. It looks great. Mm-hmm. It's got cheesy, it's got my kind of cut mm-hmm. Wacky, idiotic cutscenes of garbage. Mm-hmm. The missions, they do... Now, I didn't get past the second level, and I think there's only four levels on this. They're, they're not mega, mega, 50-hour long. Like, you can sort of get there, you know? It does have a way to skip missions where you complete it with the code, so it's got that under its belt. It's 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 fun. It's got action. This has got to be one of the one of the top Amiga action games. I mean, full stop. I think this is great. I think it looks great on the Amiga. It plays great. I don't think the button things a hindrance. It's got all the little touches that I like. Like I said, it's got the it's got the little guys talking. It's got audio. It's got yeah. music. It's got awesome explosions.
0: Yeah. Now I will say the people that are very familiar with this game will tell you that the consoles allow you to stop stop completely your motion and strafe, and they say that in the later levels that becomes more essential. Uh, and uh, but for me, I never made it past the first level, but I still had a blast. This is an example of a game that I will come back to over and over again, and I don't care that I can't beat the first level because playing the game is so much fun.
2: What you should do, I don't know if you—if the thing you used had it, I've got a floppy version that has a trainer on it, mm-hmm. and you can turn off the fuel, you can turn off the armor, and you could put yourself in unlimited ammo. Yeah. So if you just want to go through here and tear through it like a, a freaking maniac... Which, you can do it. Which I did. I also did that, but I, just, I, I didn't finish it, but I played the heck out of it. It's neat. Now, I, there are things... I'd like to see better. I'd like to see also more terrain would be nice. Different, like, but I mean, yeah, I mean, and I, it's not a long game, you know. I'd like to see more, but I mean, they ended up releasing a ton of these, not for the Amiga, unfortunately. But they've got Jungle Strike and Soviet Strike. And you know, you know what you know. I
0: would love to see is this engine, but give me the the ground <laughs> movement. And variety of a game like Alcon, where you've got tanks rolling across the fields and yeah. different cars and cities and things
2: like this that. This engine was underutilized. I mean, they could have done a lot of different things with this. Uh, I, 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 it's an awesome. It works great. And it, you, and the thing is, the chopper is awesome looking. Mm-hmm. All the stuff you shoot's awesome looking, and you've got room to look around. Yeah. One thing we've noticed on games like this is like they, it's like a postage stamp. You can't see too uh, mm-hmm. enough. This one, you can. I mean, don't get me wrong. There'll be some cheap shots coming in. You'll usually get shot, but I mean, that's why it helps to know where you're going. Right. Like when you get near, let's say, a, a satellite dish, you know for certain there's going to be a stationary missile launcher mm-hmm. near that thing. Mm-hmm. You know, or and or like when you're busting somebody out of prison, you know there's going to be tanks rolling in. Right. You've got to be prepared. You know, while you wait for those prisoners to come out. I also like stuff like. In mid-mission, if you rescue certain guys, there'll be a cutscene. Mm-hmm. Hey, you rescued. Yeah. This is the lost co-pilot. This is a guy who has information as to where this is. This is you've, you've, this is a POW. Mm-hmm. And I mean and listen, these cutscenes aren't like full motion animation, like awesome, but they're still but they're neat. And they know? kind of break yeah. stuff up a little I bit. I agree
0: with you 100%. Remember, what was that game that we played a couple weeks ago that was set in the jungle that was like a chop lifter clone? I remember it, yeah. So this game is the exact opposite of that game in every sense of the word. Like You couldn't see anything you in that game. You couldn't control yeah, it. You couldn't control it. There were no cut... This is the game right here. This is what you want. If you want a helicopter game, Stop and start at Desert Strike.
2: So we agree on one. Yeah. It finally. Yeah. It hasn't. I, I wonder if it'll ever happen again. Um, I should mention that uh, uh, when this was developed, uh, the uh, this guy uh, uh, Posen, the he wrote this game uh, in uh, sixty-eight thousand assembly language. I found this in an interview uh, in uh, in, the, in the World Builder in C plus plus, and he did it all on a Mac. I hate to say it. Well, and he connected the Mac directly to a Sega Genesis with a writable cartridge. Oh. So that's the way he that's the way he made this thing. Uh he was loosely and he was more he was involved in Jungle Strike. And then as the other ones came out, there's Soviet Strike and mm-hmm. there's a couple Nuclear more Nuclear
0: Strike. Yeah, he was lo- loosely
2: involved in those. There was one coming out that was going that was proposed Called Future Strike. Which mm. seems that seems interesting, but it never happened. Maybe it'd be like Blue Max two thousand one. It it, 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 moved, it morphed into another game mm. and which and he was sort of out of the loop on that one. Anyway, I'll give this one a thumbs up. So let's see what the um, the mags thought about this one, Boaster. Um Lemon, you love them. I do love him.
0: Eight
2: point two nine, pretty good. This game, I'm just going to cut to the chase, widely loved. Yeah, I'm um, not surprised. Amiga Action gave it a 90. Amiga Computing gave it a 93. Amiga Format 87. Amiga Magazine, 8 out of 10. Amiga Power, 92. See Amiga, 93. Now, it's funny. You know, they always list a bunch of extra scores like they would review it when it got on budget. Mm-hmm. Some, this is one of the few games I've seen that some of the game reviews are like 95 and 96... It went up on a couple. So it sort of aged well. There was actually someone that reviewed this in 97. So that's five years after it came out. Mm -hmm. And they still gave it a good score. Um, So it was pretty well regarded. What did did our crew think on this one? Uh, Let's see. Chris
0: Fold says, If I hadn't such riches, I could live with being poor. This is a game I owned and finished back in the day on the SNES. And late last year, I did the same on the Mega Drive. So I was curious to see how the Amiga version turned out. The graphics and sound are on par, and even in places better than the console counterparts. But it loses out in the most important way: controls and playability. The console versions with multiple buttons feel intuitive and are a joy to play. On this version, I constantly felt hampered and let down due to the single button madness, and don't even mention the disc loading uh-huh. times. That's one thing we I,
2: actually. I did play this on the GoTech because uh-huh. I got that GoTech. Yeah, I yeah. mean, it, but I mean, it's it, it's it's no worse than most things that are three discs. If right. you put it that way, right.
0: Um, Let's see, if you don't own, if you didn't own or since own a console, you probably think this is great, but if you play the others, you'll soon realize it's the poor cousin, 6 out of 10. Lord Soup agrees with him. Uh, Let's see, Ricky Drocher says, hands down, down one of the best Amiga console ports. The graphics have been redone in 64 color extra bright, extra half bright mode. And the sound effects and music get a major boost as well. Is extra half bright mode the blast processing of the Amiga? Listen, who are you talking to? I'm half (laughs) bright myself. The game itself shines as well. 10 out of 10. Wow. From Ricky, who's with us in the chat right now. Pixels of Dawn, also with us in the chat, says I decided to do a platform comparison with this one, fully expecting the consoles to blow the Amiga away. I was pleasantly surprised. The Amiga has much more detailed graphics and animation, and the sound is worlds apart, with the consoles sounding quite primitive in places. Overall, the Amiga seems to have gone for a more serious feeling approach. I'm not sure, uh, whereas the console versions favor a more arcadey feel. I much prefer the Amiga's more measured tactical movement to the quick moving Apache on the consoles, but this may not be by design. The consoles add a nice hover mode to the controls, which add a bit of strafing and put the weapons on separate buttons, but the main movement controls remain the same. Unfortunately, on all platforms, the game is extremely hard, with the Apache very easy to take down right from the off, but still a downright classic wherever you play it, if you can stay alive long enough. Eight out of ten.
2: Yeah. You know, he mentions the tactical feel to this. It does feel tactical. And and one thing, since we've got a, uh, since you've got these various missions you can do, you really have to look through the missions early. Right and see, okay, this one, cause some of these things will take you back and forth across the entire zone, mm-hmm. and there's your fuel gone. You really have to sort of, there's, a, there's a, strategy, a strategy element involved, I don't know if it's in the console or it's like I said, I didn't play it, but in this version, you really have to sit down and kind of p- plan what you're gonna do. Yeah. Like on the first level, I've played it enough times, okay, I'm gonna do this, this, I can do it in this order, and and if you do it in a certain way, you can conserve fuel, and, if, and you also know where the, the enemy gun turrets and stuff are, it, it so it does, and it's fun, and so it's an action game with strategy elements. Not Absolutely. bad. Um, do we have anything else in Discord? Nope, okay. Uh, the uh, I did look this up on the eBay, uh, and you can get this in the USA 15 buckaroos for a box one. Not bad, reasonable, and in the UK, of course, 12 to 33. dollars And there are plenty available because this was a big, big seller. Mm. Oh, I should mention. At the time this was released, this was the biggest selling EA game of all the Mm time. So when this came out, think about it. This is the guy's first. Not bad. He did all right. I I would have quit while I was ahead. Not bad. He did pretty (laughs) good. So yeah, but this one's out there. They sold a zillion of these.
0: All right, Aaron, let's talk a little bit about what's been going on on our YouTube channel.
2: Lots. Yeah. Lots of stuff. In fact, there's stuff there I haven't even seen yet. You played Mr. Do.
0: Yeah. (laughs) So uh, we'll start things off with uh, the latest uh, Iris Sinclair episode. Aaron, we talked about Cabal. Yes. Uh, This was a a very unique arcade port, uh, sort of, where it's like an Operation Wolf, except you can see your guy.
2: You know, I want to make it a little append to my look at this. Mm Mm-hmm. Because I went back and played this, weird or not, again. You know, I mentioned there that you didn't some like in the arcade version, all the console versions, you were always get, in a lot of levels. You get to stand behind this wall, and in mine, I didn't get a wall. Well, I went back and played this again, and my there is a wall, but the wall was gone so quickly. Yeah, I didn't even know. You blow it. it up. Yeah. So so I will say there is a wall. It's just it's a, it's paper mache wall. <laughs> Uh, let's see what else we have.
0: We have a new episode of um let's see the tandy TRS eighty model computer. Oh, we actually I think we talked about this last week. This is all uh no it's not. This That's this came new. out after yeah. last yeah, after me last week.
2: On yeah. ARG Presents Last Week, me and the Brent. It was a very unique and fun episode where we looked at the Tandy trs eighty model one hundred, which is a sort of a uh bizarre Early laptop, I guess the best we could put it with, sort of an LCD screen, and we—it's funny—we uh, didn't when we picked it, we didn't know what it was, and then we found out there were only as far as we could tell, there's one commercial game ever made for it, uh, and we played, so we just went out and played a bunch of basic games that were made for it. We had a good time, I had a lot of fun uh, putting this together. We had a lot of fun playing it, and uh, all the all for one of our few times where all the footage in this is all original. We had to do it ourselves, so. For instance, seeing just a wacky—I mean, off-the-wall computer. This is your show right here. We had a good time.
0: And if you can, be sure and watch the video version because Aaron has actually done an excellent job. He he filmed footage of himself playing this and then overlaid it into a real picture of of the Model One Hundred as if it were playing right on the screen behind it. It's very impressive. You like that? I do. I love it. <laughs> I thought it was fun. All right, Aaron. Uh, I did some Atari games. Uh, Some of these have not been released yet, but the one that has, I did a, uh, you know, the Atari age has a high score club. Uh-huh. And I thought, Well, I want to enter some of these. They do it multiple rounds. You have no it's chance. Big
2: deal. Oh no, I've got no chance
0: at all. <laughs> but I sat down with Joust.
2: Man, that is a funky color. Oh scheme. yeah, that's that's well, you, much better. You know, the
0: Atari goes through a screensaver mode where it inverts the colors. Oh, so is like that a, what it was yeah, going on yeah, there? Okay, was I was to say Surely, so, I didn't mean for it to look like no, that. No, 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 no. But I had a I had a good time with Joust. I played my best game, in the first game, but I still did not do very. It looks well. pretty
2: good. Yeah, I yeah. like the uh, the uh, uh, contours and and the detail and the actual base of the stone. It looks good. Yeah, very
0: cool. Um, let's see, uh, we, if you're at all interested in some Cocoa action, uh, I took some footage of Berserk, otherwise known as Haywire, after he was uh, probably sent a letter. Uh, you can tell uh,
2: you played this on your Cocoa
0: 3. Yes, I did play it Because those screens
2: right there are supposed to say stuff, but they don't work around the Cocoa yeah, 3. Yeah, right, and the score also does not yeah. work on the Cocoa 3.
0: <laughs> but uh, if you're at all interested in what a Berserk clone looks like on the Cocoa, and also stay tuned on our channel, because uh, in a couple of weeks we'll have a Berserk episode and uh, we had a new episode of the Atari our new Atari podcast episode 2 1200XL took a look at Miner 2049er it's uh, the best. One of our favorite games with an interesting story. Speaking of the Coco, the programmer started out as a Radio Shack employee. I love that. Yeah. I wish he'd
2: actually made this. Co- you can't tell me the Coco 3 couldn't handle this. I'm oh, pretty, it pretty could sure he am I sure yeah. have.
0: Yeah, and I'm, it might have even made... If the Coco 3 would have lasted a couple more years, I'm sure there would have been a port come out for it.
2: You know, we should also mention, because I, I was even I was surprised because I had post-dated it for so long in the future. The very la- After all these months, <laughs> the very last episode of the thanks for giving marathon has been released by me spin number 12 actually this has two spins in it uh the, but it has all the it has the it's the end of the marathon if you want to see uh me bren and the boat playing some this time we play modern games on classic consoles we played uh the angry video game nerd boxing on Atari, and I, what was the name of that other game? It was really impressive. Yeah, there was, it was it was
0: a, it was a NES game. That's it right yeah. there. Yeah, uh, and it was something like Wizards or something like that. But uh, but yeah, it was Brent. Brent, I guess, it had kickstarted this and been following it, and uh, very very
2: cool game. But by the way, this is another game that has those little graphics yeah. and jumping yeah. around. This is exactly so. like what. Although you Although this looks really good and it, it played good too, so that, yeah. that was a lot of fun. So yeah. But that's the end of that, so look forward to it. Thanks for giving uh, 2020, coming up after, right near Thanksgiving. Now, Aaron, I sat down with,
0: uh, <laughs> yes. with, with Lord British himself. Oh, Not did really. you? The spirit of Lord British. Oh, yeah? How much did that help you? It didn't help me too much. <laughs> I sat down and I played two hours of Ultima Five. And I feel like after those two hours, I knew exactly as much about
2: Ultima 5 as I did before those two hours began. It's funny. Ultima 5 was like the last of the old school Ultimas mm-hmm. before they kind of modernized the heck out of it. And it's... I remember playing Ultima 2 way, way back. My buddy was like, we're going to play some Ultima 2. And I remember back then I was just like, what the hell am I looking at here? And he had this big map and stuff, and I had no idea what was happening. Yeah, yeah. I I have just dipped my t- pinky in this thing. I, I'm I'm going to get into it orange this week.
0: But I'll tell you, it's a, it's a check out the stream because it's a good time. The the chat gives me a lot of help. Wing Chun Wolf is an ultimate expert, so he he helped me along too. And uh and so you got lucky there. But it's funny because for everybody that I talk to, they're like Ultima is the best. and then they're like, and I'm like, cool. What about Ultima five? And they're like, well, that's kind of the one I skipped. <laughs> so. We'll see what we'll see how that works. <laughs> <laughs> um. And now, uh, I haven't got to watch this yet. When did this? Yeah, come? just yesterday. Chris Folds, the one and only Chris Folds. There it is. Celebrated. What
2: a handsome devil he is. Oh yeah. Fitness man.
0: Celebrated twenty years of the PlayStation Two with a retrospective. Can you believe the PlayStation Two is twenty years old, Aaron?
2: You know, how I celebrated twenty years of the PlayStation Two. I hacked the crap out of it. Is that what's I what put you a hard drive in that sucker, then yeah. I, I celebrated some more with a bunch of pirated crap I stuck on the hard <laughs> drive. The PlayStation Two was. Um, did you buy one of these things when they were new? I got one at the uh, uh, antique store in Nitro okay. for seven dollars. So you
0: did not buy one of these when they were new. No. Okay. Well, I did, and uh, and it was it was not a good investment. I don't think that I... <laughs> everyone
2: I, I, loved this. You, you didn't know, like
0: I it? I much most of the ga- most of my time with the PS2 I spent playing PS1 games. Uh, Dragon Quest Nine I played a ton of of course no one can stop Mr. Domino
2: I was going to say I, I know you at least have the one game on there yeah, uh,
0: but really the, the only thing the PS2 is good for for me two things Tulip and Katamari
2: Damacy. Yeah, and there's another one. Yeah. So, you know, really, is there anything that has a larger library? I mean, No, I think the with, PS2 how will how go much, down in history as the largest, have, most varied We're library. sort of mocking it, but I mean, let's face back, it's got millions of great games. It's the top-soling
0: uh, console of all time. But we've just never played it.
2: No. It's got zillions of great games. Yeah. We just haven't played it. Yeah, so, yeah. And um, I will, though. But make sure you check out Chris's video.
0: It's really, really good. Uh, I checked that, and it's I have a it. by yeah. the way. Yeah, he did a good job with that. And finally, Aaron, I had a little chat with Mike Clark. This was released on the podcast feed a couple weeks ago, but I released the video version. Mike Clark, Psygnosis, uh Composer, Audio Designer. He looks like a composer. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but we went we went deep in the weeds with uh, with you know his his history and what it was like working for Ocean as an in house audio designer. This was
2: right up your alley. Oh you yeah, know. it was yeah. great.
0: And um, and then we, we we talked about his his musical influences. Yeah. We took a deep dive into uh, Mr. Bungle. And uh, and he was—he was was a real, real cool guy, real nice guy to talk to, and uh, and uh, make sure you you check that out if you haven't already. Yeah, good stuff. All right, Aaron, as we near the end of the show, um, I'm interested. I'm interested to hear this part. I'm sad to say that uh, first of all, we want to thank um, Blendo. No, not Blendo. Who picked? Well, thank him too. Who picked? Was it Pix? Did you pick Desert Strike? I think Picks picked uh, Desert Strike. I could be wrong. Um, we want to thank our Amigos Game Selection Committee for uh, for choosing Desert Strike for yeah, us. Yeah, good choice. I cannot
2: uh, believe we haven't covered that until yeah, now. I it, just
0: can't believe it. If you enjoy the uh, the show and you want to help support the show and, and pick the games that we play, uh, you can go to patreon.com slash amigos podcast. We need your help. We don't yeah. know what we're doing. We're idiots. If you have not uh, had the, an opportunity to write us a review on iTunes, that helps us tremendously. Uh, oh, it's a boss man oh, pick. Oh, you're, now you're in trouble. Oh, I can't believe I will skipped be bossed. out on the boss man. Paul Harrington, thank you for, for picking that game and for the selection committee voting Good choice. Thank you guys so, uh, so much. Um, but anyway, write us an iTunes review if you could. That will really help us. Now, Aaron, last week, the Patreon song, I'm sorry to say, again, for the second week in a row, no one... Guessed
2: the song that game was. I mean, that song was all over. I had no idea what well, you were saying. Well, what I
0: did was it, the name of the song was Does Anybody Really Know What Time It Is by Chicago?
2: Oh, I know that song, and
0: uh, I. that's did, what you were saying. I did all the horn parts, I did all the backup vocals, and the lead all in one. That would explain because you were mix. that thing was
2: all over the map. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't
0: really map. know how big Chicago was overseas, I'm guessing they weren't huge. Uh, well, so that that song's even had obscure. To do I mean, it? it's a fairly
2: obscure yeah. song, by, even by Chicago standards, yeah. I mean, it was a hit. But you don't ever hear it. No, no. Of course, you never hear Chicago. Period. Yeah, anymore, you do. So. Twenty-five or sixty-four, you hear that all the time. Do you? On classic stations. I guess you, you do. do.
0: You probably hear that more than what about Saturday in the Park? Those three.
2: Which, which one? Which one are you going to hear the, the most? Park. Boy, I'd say oh, oh, twenty-five or sixty-four. But it's Saturday in the Park, and then the third one you did. Third the yeah. one, yeah. Well, I, I did like the breakdown for pillow when you got yeah, well, a, was, a, an interesting discussion about how he determines what the hell you're saying right the, the, the honey pie the thing he he really went
0: went deep into what I did what I did wrong on my especially my old timey voice was apparently not done up to industry standards, so I apologize for that uh, um, none of your
2: voices are up to industry <laughs> well it depends on the industry I suppose porn music industry you're right there
0: alright yeah <laughs> All right. I yeah, see Edvin says you should do some mainstream tunes I don't even know what a mainstream tune is boat is a cop. College music specialist. Yeah. Remember yeah. when I tried to give him tunes? He poo
2: pooed them all.
0: Yeah. Um, so we're going to do it again. Um, if you know this, you can send me an email at john at amigospodcast.com. If get it I'd, right, I I've will got read one your name it, yeah. on the air.
2: I've got one for next week. I'm going to submit it after the show. Okay. Oh, but
0: wait. But wait, there's more, Aaron. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. If you would like, and by you, I mean the royal you, not only you, I uh, would like to. Um, sing your own version of the Patreon song you can do it to an existing song you can make up your own tune for the Patreon song we would love to have that and we will play it on the show in place of my Patreon song oh my god all of the names are in the show notes every week uh, and all you have to do is just send me an email Podcast.com, just attach the wave or the mp3 and we will play that on the or show or video yeah. that'd be better yeah
2: Especially so, if you're dancing around.
0: Yeah, yeah, dancing is, that that will put you on top Or you're just doing sure. it in the middle of a crowd, mm-hmm. as loud as you can. Flash mob Patreon song. All
2: right, I'm turning the corner on this idea. So here we go.
1: Zebedee's match ground about Jerkin, Mr. Cola, Daniel Williams. Bernard, Lucas, Jerry, Dennington, or Club Commodore, Kids. Young Van Guten Son Reflection Simon Ledge Kappen, Crispy Kilobytes, and Caffeine Mike W Decker, Creepwood, Gary Heller Free Lunch Kate Fox David Pickford Cameron Armstrong Andy Jones Lobster, Mineta, 10-Minute Amiga, Retrocast Bernard, Quinn, Retro Man Cave, Tim, Drew, Simon, Rose, Joseph, Harrison (laughs) Kyle Rob O'Hara, Howard, Nibbs, Matthew, Larimore, Annie Craig Sean Colin, For 419 Bark Bid Roland Burke Andrew Monks Joe the Zombie John Cook Leaf Kellon Alan Bob. Checo De, Level John Marshall Matthew Perron Ricky DeRosha Creepy Dead Boy Figgy C T Z C the slow Norris Stefan Sorghort Mortensen, Edvin Helenson Blendo seventy-five Christopher Soul Christopher Hassel Rabbi Abbott Chris Folds Green Catcher Lorengerux Graham, Bepke Lane Denson Adam Battersby, O'Brien, Retro and Vintage, Gary Hooker uh, C. Brian Jones, Paul Harrington, Duncan Styles, <laughs> Tip from the Crib, Josh, Nan, Adam Bradley, Jonas Rulo, T H T, Uh uh, Eric Nelson, Kim, Tom, Me. Humbustad, Daniel Bingston, Brutal Bearer, Derek Oda, Daring Cold, Jason Ward, Pixels of Dawn, and Kjöbjorn Barman.
2: You sort of morph Brutal Barracuda with another name. That's how that's I do it. He morphs. He's like a dino morph. You know, that started out as some, like AM Gold. Yeah. And then it turned into <laughs> PM Not Gold at the end of that. <laughs> Horrible. You know, you did remind me of something, though, as you were caterwauling through that. Just that, a couple of plugs, because I, I watched a lot of videos this week because I was home a lot. Mm-hmm. Kilobytes and Caffeine has a channel. I don't know if you knew this. And he's done a couple of shows on being a computer tech. If you're a computer tech and you sort of suffer, go watch these shows. It brought back the most hideous memories for mm. me, but it was a hideous in a good way because I don't do it anymore. So it makes it a lot of fun. Also, I, I listened to the last couple of retro hours. Our buddy, Ravi's on there, Dan. I yeah you know, I never can remember the new guy's name, so I apologize. New it's guy. It's a dinosaur pie. No, it's not him. That's that's a what? No. Anyway, that's the guy on he's on retro gaming roundup. This uh, is, retro. This is this is retro hour. Ravi show. Retro. Anyway, the new one. Table. They the new one. They're talking about uh, copy busting, which is fun, and they've got an expert on there, so... I think it's eight. Uh, who is it they get on there? They've got a real uh, a guy who does this stuff on the net. I've watched some of the show, so it's real good. So I recommend those too if you want to listen to some good stuff this week. Awesome. Cool. I got more stuff coming. That's what stuff is fresh in my brain. Joe Fox. Thanks, Pix.
0: That's his name. Joe Fox. That's a new guy? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right, Aaron. That was quite a performance, by the way, Bo. Thank you. Next week, uh, we are going to be playing Blendo seventy five suggestion, Ultima 5.
2: <laughs> okay.
0: Thousand.
2: I, I've already started playing such a smidge, and <laughs> mm mmm.
0: it's hard it'll be something all right. we will see you guys then if you want to watch us live you can every Friday we demand it twitch.tv slash amigos podcast you can join the fine folks in the chat like Edvin Helland is here Pixels at Dawn Gaming doing the mod biz Uh, Ricky DeRocher is with us Delamort78 BarkBit L. Curtis B. is here Kilobytes and Caffeine in the chat ZK9K is here um, yeah Bike Me uh, Duncan Styles. thank you guys so much for joining us it's always a party in the chat Picard of course 2010 always good for a host Frodo NL is there so all my favorites and uh, I do also want to thank all of our Twitch subscribers I almost forgot if you are an Amazon Prime subscriber you can support the show for nothing if you go over to twitch.tv slash Amigos Retro Gaming and click that subscribe with Twitch Prime button just like these guys did people Super PHB Honored Shadow. Ooh. It's like a
2: ninja. Yeah. I am honored shadow. Still
0: adolescing. Uber Scuba Driver. It's diver, not driver. That's driver. a different guy. <laughs> <For scuba>. <laughs> <laughs> Mitsuyama. G Frodo and L, Pako Tokake, Buck oh, Owens, Dark 602, Lesooner, <sighs> The Slow Norris, Go To Go Sub, Retro Jerry, Bike Me, Wing Chun Wolf, Real Joe Zombie And Rushi MSX. Thank you guys so much for supporting Amigos. All right, Aaron, we'll see you next week for Ultima 5. Until then, adiós.